Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my fellow fanatical elves, hello to you and hello to all NFL fans, really. Some exciting news, especially if your team has been in kind of a salary cap jam. Turns out that the cap allowance in the NFL has been increased to a whopping $255.4 million. Let's talk about what this means for our team, the Cleveland Browns, and maybe your team if you're from another fan base. It's really NFL-wide, isn't it? So let's talk about that. Let me turn down the music. And let's get cracking just a minute here. Okay, let me get that turned down. and Let me tweak the sound up here just a minute. Give me just a second make it more voice compatible all right i bet that's a lot better so um we hear this uh more or less officially uh, from adam schefter who's never wrong and uh, he put out a tweet saying that the salary cap is 255.4 million dollars and that's actually also on the nfl.com website, so I'm very confident in reporting to you that this is, in fact, a true fact. It is not made up. Now, we've been reporting all along uh, this offseason that it was going to be about 240 $242 million. That was the best estimates that we had from overthecap.com and other sites that uh, study the uh, NFL salary cap, and that was the best that we had for a long time. Now, the way that they estimate it is based on the estimated revenues, um, which are kind of extrapolated from ticket sales and TV. But maybe the hidden factor might be, and I'm just guessing here, I'm not really uh, an expert on this, but it might be that the gambling revenue is something that's a lot higher than people were expecting. Uh, maybe you suppose it was Taylor Swift also. I don't know. I, I doubt it. But nevertheless, the revenue is way up high. Uh, much higher than people thought. Um, we talked a little bit last week about the uh, rate of inflation at the national level. That would also affect the numerical value of the salary cap, you know, not the true value, um, you know, in a, in a inflation-adjusted dollars. But um, you know, everybody's dollar doesn't go as far, including NFL salaries, when there's inflation, and the inflation rate actually went down quite a bit this past year, um, 
it was up around like eight or nine percent for a while and now it's down i think around three percent so people were kind of tapering off their expectations but there it is 255 million and uh, it was supposed to be about 242 so it's some 13 million higher uh, than we expected and in 2023 let me check my notes it was 224.8 so it's a good 30 million dollars higher than it was last year and uh, so that's um, let's see that's like 14 percent or something like that it's a, a big increase I don't know that it's ever increased by that much uh, percentage wise except when maybe when there was a contract negotiation involved but uh, that's a lot of money, and uh, it's a big deal if you're a free agent this year because suddenly the teams have more that they can spend. And um, the implication is for the Cleveland Browns that it was kind of an uncomfortable number. Uh, they were $20 million over the cap, and now it turns out that they're only $7.5 million dollars. Uh, the gospel that we had been feeding you over the offseason was that the Browns were going to have to, have to, have to, have to extend Deshaun Watson in order to clear about $30 million. And this would be accomplished by converting his um, salary money into bonus money, which can be pushed back into the off years or out years of his contract. Um, that's no longer true. It's now possible with 7.5 million that any one of five player contracts could be extended or restructured, and that would cover 7.5 million dollars. That would allow them to enter the uh, new uh, NFL year, NFL season, uh, without violating any rules, and then they can continue to work on the cap, uh, make a uh, adjustment here and there, make a trade or something, or restructure somebody's contract, and they can continue to work the cap number down and get ready to sign some free agents and so on. But they don't have to uh, restructure Deshaun Watson's contract. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they don't really want to extend Deshaun Watson's contract. Maybe they want to see if he's going to stay healthy for a season. Um, make sure that his performance is as high as it needs to be in order to justify his position as one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. So uh, I think it is probably prudent to avoid restructuring Deshaun Watson if they can, or if they do restructure him, maybe at least do so without having all of the leverage in his camp. So I think it is a very favorable development for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Maybe also very favorable for many other teams that are in a similar, I don't want to say jam, but let's say uh, uncomfortable position. There's also something in it for the retired players as well. An article by Kevin Patra on NFL.com says that on top of the record salary cap, there'll be an additional 74 million per club Uh, as a payment for player benefits, which includes performance-based pay and benefits for retired uh, players. I think what that means, and I'm not sure about this, but it sounds like they're clearing the way for um, incentive-based contracts, it sounds like, uh, but also benefits for retired players. So some of the old-timers that were instrumental 
in developing the league and getting the league to where it is today, uh, they're going to be taken care of a little bit. It's not a huge amount of money per club, but some money to help them out a little bit. And I think that's really good because a lot of the players that have retired, uh, obviously no longer able to play. Not everybody can become a coach when they retire. Uh, they're going to be taken care of a little bit. I think that's very important. So congratulations to the NFL and uh, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully that will help out some of the players uh, that have retired, um, that have other, you know, limited means of support. Um, hopefully that will help them out a lot or at least a little bit. Uh, so um, there we have it. Um, total 2024 player costs. This is not for the, the uh, salary cap per se, um, but it's going to be according to uh, Kevin, 329.4 million per team. And that's more than 10.5 billion league wide. Okay. Uh, what's going to happen league-wide? Uh, how is this money going to be spent? Well, as anybody's guess, my guess is that windfall dollars are usually invested primarily in quarterbacks because that's the easiest thing to do. So I'm expecting that there are going to be some obnoxiously high numbers that will be spent on quarterbacks, like who's due for a contract, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott. Well, that guy's money bags, isn't he? Baker Mayfield, our friend, right? Kirk Cousins. He, Kirk is always getting a huge contract one way or the other. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa and uh, others. Less investment to defensive players and linemen, guys that actually work for a living. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> it usually just doesn't wind up uh, for the working people. It's usually the pretty boy quarterbacks that wind up with the biggest dollars. But there will be a opportunity for the uh, other players to get some big contracts as well. Uh, Browns are among the teams that are looking for defensive help, and I, I think uh, that will help those players as well, make it more expensive on the Browns. <clears throat> now, before we launch into our break, I wanted to mention that uh, a, a book that I'd like to plug on the air is um, a book by Ernest Biner called Everybody Fumbles. It's available on Amazon. Uh, dot com. It's an autobiography from Ernest Biner. Ernest was involved in one of the most infamous plays in Cleveland Browns history. Ernest was having a huge day leading a comeback against the Denver Broncos, one of the teams that I absolutely hate. And uh, he was up around, I think, 180 yards rushing, most of it in the second half. He was unstoppable, headed to the goal line, and he had a fumble and lost the game and for the rest of his career, he blamed himself for that loss. And uh, I had a chance to meet Ernest at a Browns backers function and talk to him about that and, and talk to his friends about it and really understood how deeply it affected him. Uh, and, you know, he really felt bad for the fans, felt that he let everybody down. And, and you know, my point to Ernest was, Ernest, you can't, blame yourself for that at least give the defense some share of the blame they gave up more than 30 points in that game um how can you expect a team to go to the super bowl when the defense is giving up 30 points uh in the playoffs come on it's not all your fault but he refused to let anybody else share the blame it was all 
uh, Ernest Biner's fault, according to Ernest. Um, but the story doesn't end there in failure. Um, Ernest went on to have many years of success as a running back. And you may have forgotten this, but Ernest has not won. But he has two Super Bowl rings. Now, Super Bowl rings are the greatest measure of success that a player can have. And uh, he had one Super Bowl ring as a running back for the Washington team. And he had another one after he retired as a player. He continued to coach in the NFL. And uh, he had a second ring as a coach. Two Super Bowl rings. So meditate on that. If you're going to consider Ernest Biner a failure, okay, fine. That's up to you. But he has two Super Bowl rings. All right, I will pause now for five seconds on some of these platforms. On other platforms, there'll be other commercials, and it may be two or three minutes, but I'll take a, a pause right now and be right back. And we are back. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Johnny Cleveland, for providing us with sponsorship. Also, thank you to Free Sound Music, for providing the music for our show. It's a uh, volunteer contribution basis to support Freesound, uh, who has a royalty-free arrangement. Uh, and I'm happy to contribute to them. Um, let's talk about the Browns cap situation as it stands. The, the theory of how to build a winning team, basically, uh, at its simplest level, is to get the best talent you possibly can and pay the least amount of money best talent, least amount of uh, expense. Uh, and in many cases, the Browns have done that. They've gotten some really uh, excellent bargains, uh, you know, gotten great players and not spent that much money. In other cases, they may have overspent. Uh, and the quarterback, again, I believe that they overinvested. They spent way more uh, money percentage-wise as a percentage of the salary cap than uh, – any team that has ever won the Super Bowl. No team has ever won the Super Bowl while spending 25% of their salary cap on a starting quarterback, but that's what the Cleveland Browns are spending. Um, they also have quite a bit of money hanging out on uh, cornerback. Uh, one player, uh, Denzel Ward, and again, I don't blame Denzel one bit. I'm glad that he is getting paid a lot of money. I encourage all athletes to get paid as much as they can. Um, but I do blame the front office for perhaps giving too much money. Uh, Denzel has a $42 million uh, dead money uh, tag that would be paid if the Browns were to, uh, uh, for some reason, decide to cut him. Uh, the $42 million hanging out. Also, Jack Conklin is a tremendous player, just an absolute uh, trooper, um, a tr tremendous uh, athlete, um, but he's also had an injury history. I'm not sure that it was wise to give him a contract extension, but they did. Uh, Conklin's uh, dead money number is $19 million. That's a lot for an offensive lineman. Jed Wills also was extended. Uh, Jed didn't really play well this season or even last season. I'm not sure that he was completely healthy. Uh, we've seen Jed play at a much better level uh, in the second year. And um, 
I would like to give him the benefit of a doubt, but at least I would say that he didn't do what um, he should have in order to earn a fifth-year extension, and he would be owed $16 million if the Browns were to cut him today. That's really too much money, I think, for a lineman that hasn't really established himself. So those are some examples of um, uh, cap expenditures that might be considered to be a little bit extravagant. Um, that's maybe puts the Browns at a disadvantage compared to other clubs. It's not a crisis, understand. It's not a, it's a, not a need to panic, um, but it does perhaps put us at a disadvantage compared to Baltimore, compared to Pittsburgh, compared to Cincinnati that perhaps does not have contracts quite like that. Uh, budget is still tight in Cleveland. Uh, another issue that the Browns have to face and probably will overcome this offseason is the one-year cap hit uh, for Nick Chubb, which is currently $15.8 million. Now, that is non-guaranteed money, so the Browns, in theory, could cut Nick if they wanted to. I don't think that they will. I think they will renegotiate it. Uh, Nick Chubb does not want a one-year contract. The Cleveland Browns do not have or do not want a one-year contract. So why does anybody think that the only decision they can have is to have a one-year contract or nothing? Um, that's That doesn't make any sense. Uh, both sides are aiming towards a multi-year deal. They will probably have uh, an incentive-based contract because nobody knows really at what level Nick Chubb will play at next season. It might be that he can play pretty good, but maybe he's not quite the Nick Chubb that he was uh, before the injury, we just don't know. Um, you know, they may decide to uh, let him uh, become a free agent and test uh, the uh, market. Um, that doesn't mean that they're getting rid of Nick Chubb, understand? So I think the chances that he plays for another team are very, very low, unless, you know, Nick just really doesn't like the Cleveland Browns. I don't believe that that's the case for one little tiny minute. Um, so I, I think that Nick will come back to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, if he if he is cut, it's just part of a, a step in negotiating a longer deal, uh, establishing the market price uh, for him, kind of like a restricted free agent might do. Uh, I believe that he will resign a three-year deal with bonus money that can be spread out over the years of the contract, getting a first-year uh, reduction. And uh, there will be incentives that will fill out the balance of the contract. That's what will happen. All right. So let's stop the uh, news about saying Nick Chubb is going to be cut by the Cleveland Browns. It's it's not going to happen. Nick is going to play for the Cleveland Browns this season. That's the bottom line as I as I see it. All right. Uh, Let's talk about some of the needs that the Browns have. Uh, they can satisfy these needs either through the draft or through free agency or some combination. Of course, they have more than one player at each position. I think in um, the draft, they're not that likely to be able to get a starting wide receiver or a starting defensive end um, in uh, late in the second round. So um, I think that they will therefore probably try to obtain a defensive end in the uh, in free agency. It could be 
re-signing Zadarius Smith. I hope that they do at defensive end. Uh, wide receiver, they need somebody to team up with Amari Cooper. That assumes that they renegotiate uh, Amari Cooper, not trade him. Uh, I think that's probable. It's probably a 90% probability that they do not trade Amari Cooper, although they might. Uh, they decide that they can uh, obtain services of other wide receivers, which I kind of doubt. But, um, but okay, I, I anticipate them signing a wide receiver, not the most expensive wide receiver in the room, uh, not some 35-year-old guy with a big name, um, but probably somebody that, uh, you know, sort of like a uh, sort of an Elijah Moore type, you know, somebody that's maybe not super famous, but he's going to be able to pick up 600, 700, 800 yards as a receiver and uh, fit in with the rest of the wide receiver core. Um, also, the Browns will probably sign a backup quarterback in free agency, probably Joe Flacco. Uh, they wouldn't necessarily be in the market for somebody to insert ahead of Dorian Thompson Robinson, but Joe Flacco was so good that it may he may force the Browns to kind of alter their plans there. I think they would like to sign Joe Flacco. Remember, he is going to be a free agent. He is not under a multi-year contract. The Browns will also sign more than their share of undrafted free agents, and also they'll sign uh, veterans that are at or about the NFL minimum uh, contract value. Uh, so in the draft, I think they would probably think about players that like cornerback, tight end, Linebacker, remember that the Browns drafted uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa in the second round. That turned out pretty good. So those kind of positions, um, there could be some really good players available. And uh, I was especially impressed that you could draft um, tight ends, or excuse me, cornerbacks that were like in the 4-3 and 4-4 range uh, as late as the third round. And so I think there would be no problem with drafting a guy like that in the second round. Um, I think that would be an excellent investment. You always need a cornerback. I don't care who you are. Uh, defensive tackle. The Browns also have uh, free agents departing at defensive tackle. So let's look for one of those. The Browns also need a kick returner. Uh, that could be a running back or wide receiver, not an every down uh, player, perhaps, but a situational player that can contribute. But they're really looking for somebody that's a kick returner. They haven't had that for a few years now. So uh, those are the kind of needs that I think that they're going to be looking for to fill out the roster. I do not anticipate that the Browns are going to be huge players in free agency this year. I think they are going to kind of take it easy um, with. Uh, expanding the roster. I think that there could be some moves that will, um, how shall I say, uh, taper down the expenses in 2025 and 2026. I think they could move an offensive lineman at some point this uh, off season. And um, they, uh, uh, they may try to uh, restructure a few contracts and uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they restructure Deshaun Watson. That's the big one. Um, but I, I am not sure that they're going to uh, make an all-out assault and sign every free agent that they possibly can. Especially it made a big impression on me that they did so well signing free agents 
in the middle of the year after the training camp was over, they signed Kareem Hunt and they signed Joe Flacco. And both of those guys were excellent. Uh, so cramming the roster full of free agents in summer camp and training camp and then having to cut some of these guys that you really don't want to cut, um, that may not be the most efficient use of resources. It may be that you allow those guys to make the roster, and then as injuries uh, happen, then you sign uh, new players afterwards, so if that makes sense. So I think it makes sense to hold back some money and then sign guys uh, later on. And I think there's a breed of players that realize, um, players and their agents that realize in a 17-game season that not everybody needs to sign a contract uh, prior to the season, that a lot of guys get added on later. And uh, that's not a bad role, especially for a veteran. So if you get signed like a month into the season, uh, skip training camp altogether, and join the team late, that's not a bad way to go for uh, some players. So I think I think that might make some sense to save uh, a couple of signings for later, maybe make a trade at the deadline uh, for uh, some established players too. So I think look for maybe about three players to be added after the season starts, especially if the Browns are a contender as expected. That would make sense. So, okay. Uh, that's what I see. I, I think that the Browns still have a tight situation. Um, they will sign free agents. They're not going to sign probably as many as last season. Uh, it's going to be competitive as usual, maybe more so now that everybody has additional money. They're going to be throwing it at free agents like it's never been thrown at before. Uh, Browns will have to be careful how they spend and how they compete with others. Um, it's going to be the wild, wild west out there for sure. And uh, quarterbacks are going to get rich throughout the NFL. Uh, hold on to your hats. It's going to be a crazy offseason. We'll talk about it a lot this year. Uh, for now, uh, I'll sign off. God bless you all, and go Browns. <laughs>